Amen. Good morning, Impact City. We're so glad you're here. Take your seat. You've been standing for a while. Matthew 27, verse 32 and 42. If you'll turn with me, you could go there. It's in the YouVersion app. Matthew 27, 32 through 42. We are so excited that you made time to worship with us today. And we believe God has a, something in store for you this morning. The Bible says, as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. And they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to, to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots and sitting down. They kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him one on his right and one on his left. Those were passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross if you are the son of God. He stayed on there for you. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him, he saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. Aren't you glad the tomb is empty? Aren't you glad the tomb? I'm glad the tomb is empty because today we join the world in churches all across our region, all across our state and all across our country and all the world to celebrate that there is an empty tomb. There is an empty tomb, and because of the empty tomb, it has incredible implications for our lives here this morning. It has great meaning and it has great value that that tomb is empty, and because of that, it is reason enough for you and I to celebrate. But before there was a resurrection, there was a death, and it was the love of God that caused Jesus to come down to the earth and to offer himself as a sacrifice and to take your place and to take my place for the finished work to be completed, for the blood to be shed and for you and I to be forgiven and redeemed and to, for the world's sins to be forgiven in that one pinnacle moment. What no one else could do, Jesus did in one instance. And it is the love of God that continually offers us today new life through the risen Savior. So that is reason enough for us to celebrate and that is reason enough for us to come to church this morning and to be able to acknowledge that his presence is here to meet needs and to acknowledge that his presence is here to heal and to save and to restore. But we just stop and take a moment and thank him for getting up. We thank him for getting up, for letting, him, for letting us know today that he is the old ultimate authority that he has all power in his hands and that there is nobody like him today we celebrate and we worship the risen Jesus love is powerful amen love is powerful and it can move you and I to do some incredible 
and some amazing things. But before there was an Easter Sunday, before there was a resurrection, there was a Good Friday. Before there was the resurrection, there was a death that took place. And while this day is far more important than any day in the Christian life, because it is a day of remembrance, it is a day of celebration, it is a day when we stop and we recognize that he has conquered death. It's a day when we celebrate the empty tomb and the Christ's resurrection from the dead, and we have the benefit of knowing how the story ended over 2,000 years ago. But for those first disciples, for just a few moments, let's go back to and understand their context and their frame of reference. What they experienced was not what you and I have to celebrate here today because it was an earth-shaking moment for them. It was deeply painful, and I can imagine it was full of disappointment that there were many who believed that this was the Messiah and that he would come as a conqueror and that he would reestablish the Jewish nation by overthrowing all the enemies of the world. So in a historic sense, many thought the Messiah would be like King David or like Joshua who would conquer and who you would see victorious. So you can imagine the disappointment, you can imagine the frustration, and you can imagine what crossed the disciples' mind when Jesus didn't even put up a fight the night that he was arrested. And if this wasn't bad enough, Jesus didn't break loose from that. No, he died. He died alone. He was crucified. He was humiliated on a Roman cross. It would be impossible to imagine how devastated and how disappointed those early disciples were to see all of this unfold before their very eyes. In fact, I can't even think of an illustration or something to be able to compare this to side by side because it was absolutely horrible. Actually, it was worse than horrible. It was likely hopeless. And for some today, this may be the description of how you feel in a hopeless state and in a hopeless condition. You may find yourself in a situation that is like this one, that you had your hopes high. You had your hopes up. You had high expectations. You were hoping that this would be the moment. You were hoping that this would be the promotion. You were hoping that this was going to be the way it, you had envisioned it in your mind. You thought it was going to be, but it didn't turn out the way you expected it to be. It took an unexpected turn when you least were waiting for it. And now you find yourself today in a hopeless situation saying, I thought it was going to be better. I thought my marriage would be better by now. I thought my family would be better by now. And you find yourself in this similar situation. But let me remind you that the reason why there is an empty tomb, it, it has great implications on what you are facing today. And an empty tomb brings a brighter day. And an empty tomb brings a better tomorrow. An empty tomb has meaning and significance for you today, for your circumstance, for your dilemma. So for 33 years, let's look at this for just a moment. Jesus Christ walked the earth while serving the hungry, while healing the broken, while he was delivering the oppressed and the, the depressed. He announced the coming of a kingdom that was greater than him and the restoration of all things. He claimed to be the son of God and many believed him to be the true king of kings. This kind of thinking 
this kind of teaching caused a lot of conflict in the society and in the culture that they lived in and that the area that Jesus ministered in because at that time there was a ruler of the ancient Rome near east which was known as Rome it was a king named Herod and Rome had installed this king to keep things in Israel under control and to be able to govern and to be able to control what was taking place there he was a tyrant and he constantly was afraid that his authority would be undermined. So when the announcement came that there was a king coming, you can imagine the fright and the frustration and the concern that was in this one king because the, another potential king would mean that he would be overthrown. But both Herod and Jesus could not reign over Israel. There could only be one king. So what takes place, the Jewish religious leaders and the Roman centurions, they get together, they collaborate, they, they work together, they get Jesus arrested. He's brought to trial because he claims to be God. He was convicted, beaten nearly to death at this moment. He was then forced to carry an old rugged wooden cross all the way to the hill that he would be killed upon. The crucifixion of Jesus is marked by ridicule and by disbelief the soldiers mocked him by placing a sign over him saying this is the so-called king of Jews but they don't know how the story ended I'm glad today I can stop for just a moment and thank God for how the story ended they ridiculed him they called him the king of Jews even though they didn't believe it themselves it was just a mockery and those who passed by Jesus said if you're really Jesus if you really are the son of God why don't you get yourself down from that cross the priests the teachers everybody that's there mocked him and saying if you're really the king of Israel why don't you do it none of them in that moment understood that the true test of Jesus's power and authority hung in the balance and it was not the ability for him to get himself down off of a cross but it was his ability on that day to overcome death like no one had before and since sometimes sometimes we miss the proof of Jesus's lordship because we're expecting him to prove himself in a way that we have already dictated in our minds. Sometimes we miss the picture of what God is trying to do in our lives because we have a mindset of how it should look and what it should be and how it's going to be. And some, unless Jesus heals me and unless he comes, for, he comes through for me the way I need him to, unless he gives me that particular job or, or that particular thing that I've been asking for, they will never trust him because they have this expectation of what it should look like. They can never allow themselves to seek him as the king of their lives and the lord of their lives unless he does what he wants them to do at that particular time it's the mindset that we struggle with here in society here in our world that he should do it when i want him to do it he should do it when i need him to do it but he is god all by himself and no one knows the details of what you and i are going through like he does and no one knows my trial and my struggle no one knows what's in the inside of me like he does and i have to wait and believe in him and know that he will come when it is time until then i will trust 
Christ. Those that wait upon the Lord shall receive new strength. They shall lift up their wings like eagles. I have to wait on him and know that his plans for me are better than my plans for myself. It was their mindset saying, Jesus, you have to get off the cross. If you are really the king, get down from that cross. If you don't get down, you're not the king. But let me tell you this morning that it would be one thing to get down from that cross. But it's another thing to be tortured. It's another thing to be ridiculed. It's another thing to be mocked. It's another thing to be beaten and to have your blood shed and battered and to be died and to die and to be, be to be brought down from that cross to to be placed in a tomb that would be covered by a stone but then the early Sunday morning that stone was rolled away and he got up can you imagine what went through the soldiers minds who had this frame of reference saying if you are God you're gonna get down how much more would they think of him for overcoming death Jesus has a way of demonstrating his power like no one. He exceeded their expectations. And maybe for some of us here today, that is what he is doing in our lives. Where we're saying, God, where are you in this particular moment? If you're really God, you're going to do it for me in this particular way. He has a God. He is a God of greater things. He is a God of greater things. Three days after Jesus was crucified and he laid in that tomb to everyone's shock and amazement, the body disappeared. This had, this had never happened before. They saw him killed. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that his lifeless body hung on that cross. They knew he was dead. And now they see him together with them again, eating, walking with them, talking with them. It was Jesus' love for humanity that, had over, that was a catalyst to have him overcome death and defeat evil once and for all. His resurrection is the proof that he is the one true king, and he is all we need. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that everyone that would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we put our faith and we put our hope, we put our trust in Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, and that through that we can attain salvation. And that is why we celebrate here this morning that we have been given an opportunity, not just of abundant life here on earth, but more importantly, eternal life when this life is over. We know that because of Jesus, the death that awaits us here on this earth will not be the last thing that happens to us because we will experience one day resurrection and new and eternal life with him. After Jesus had resurrected on that day, he, the Bible says that he was given all authority on heaven and on earth. No matter how many doubted, no, ma no matter who the naysayers were, he is the king and the one true king. No matter how many mocked him, he was able to rescue himself from death. And more importantly, he was able to rescue you and I as well. No matter how many questioned his power, 
He did defeat the cross once and for all. The love of God was the authority that is now reigning over the entire world and our lives as well. And his love still conquers today. His love still conquers today. Death terrorizes, it rages, and it roars. It doesn't respect gender. It doesn't respect ethnicity. It doesn't respect age. It doesn't respect financial status. For years, the cycle was man is born, man lives, man dies. Great people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Isaiah, Habakkuk, John was the beloved. They all were born, they all lived, they all died. But death had never encountered Jesus before. And it was that day that was a pinnacle moment in the life of the Christian believer that death wrapped its arms around Jesus and they fought through Jerusalem all the way up the cross and it was a, a, a war that continued down to the grave and death thought it had done to Jesus just like it did to every other human being that had lived on this earth until early Sunday morning when that tomb was rolled away and on that day God shook the cemetery and did what no one had before on that day he conquered death for him he conquered death for us in first corinthians chapter 15 when paul talks about him dying him being buried and he was and that he was raised from the dead the bible the, the word raised in the original greek text means rising he is still rising here today it is a present progressive tense he is rising in mercy he is rising in grace he's rising in favor he's rising in healing he's rising rising in restoration he's rising in power in John chapter 20 there was a man named Thomas and he sincerely doubted that Jesus was indeed resurrected from the dead so he said unless I see him unless I see him with my eyes and unless I can put my hand in his nail pierced hand and unless I can put my hand in his side I will not believe the Bible says that a few days later that Jesus appeared to them and Thomas was there and Jesus said Thomas I'm here don't be a doubter but believe he said put your hand put your hands in my nail pierced hands and put your hand in my side what did Jesus do in that moment after the resurrection he came to Thomas and he addressed the specific doubt and the specific question and the specific challenge that was alive and present in Thomas. Thomas, for you, it's you can't believe that I'm here, but I'm here to show you that I am alive. He has a way of revealing himself to you in your particular manner and into your particular challenge. It could be your struggle today that Jesus says, I'm here. It could be your struggle that says, you don't believe I'm a company keeper, I will be with you to the end of the earth. You don't believe that I'm a healer, but, but by my stripes you are healed. You don't believe, he says, I will reveal myself. He revealed himself to Thomas to be able to clear out the doubt and to be able to clear out the unbelief and said, Thomas, I'm here to show you that I am alive and I am, I'm here to deal with your unbelief and Jesus can deal with your challenge. 
today. Worship team, will you come? He still appears. He still appears to what you're struggling with. Jesus loved him that much that he showed up for him and said, Thomas, I care about you enough that I want you to know that I'm here. And he cares enough about you to show you in your particular way he's there with you. He will appear to you late in the midnight hour when no one's looking upon you, when no one sees the tears you're crying, when no one sees the heartache that is weighing on you, when no one sees the load that you're carrying, he will appear to you and say, I'm here. I'm here. And for someone here today, he wants to show himself strong through what you're facing. The final reminder that we're given by Jesus before he ascends into heaven is that he will always be with us until the very end. This is important because sometimes we feel forgotten. Sometimes we feel like we're going through it alone. And sometimes we feel like no one's really by our side. I want to remind you that you're never alone. Jesus lives and dwells inside of those that trust him. And through his spirit, we are made alive. This means that no matter what you go through and no matter what you face, you're not alone. This Easter, may you see the resurrection as not a historical, in not its historical context, but may you see the resurrection as an event that changes 2021 for you today. May you see the resurrection as a symbol of hope for your, for your trial, for your frustration. May you see the empty tomb as a symbol of hope that with him all things are made new and that he can show himself to you today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 that for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. What does this mean? That all the promises, every one of them find their yes. There's an agree point of agreement. Yes in Christ and through him we shout amen to the glory of God. His promises include redemption from sin. His promises include reconciliation with the Father. His promises include peace and rest for those that are tired and weary. His promises include heal healing and wholeness. His promises include an eternal home 
when this life here on earth is over. His promises include no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, no more affliction. His promises include deliverance from constant pressure in this life. His, pre his promises include His constant presence in our lives. His, his promises include life from death. This seems to be a paradox, but from Jesus' death rises new life for you this morning. Rises new life for us. It's not just about breathing. It's not just about existing. It's not just about making it, but it's about having abundant life. Life in Jesus, in Jesus Christ, it's about thriving. It's about experiencing the fullness of Him, even through your darkest night, even through your pain, through your brokenness, through your sin, through your striving, through your planning, through your controlling. Christ redeems it all and uses it all and sees it all. So remember this morning that when Christ rose, so did our hope. That when Christ rose, so did our joy. When Christ rose, so did our new life. That because he got up from the dead, because he rose, you can rise up this morning. Because he got up, you can get up this morning. Because you, he got up, you can get up from the hurt, from the rejection, from the loneliness, from the sickness, from the pain, from the affliction because he got up you can get up from the failure from the disappointment there is hope there is new life whatever has knocked you down you can't get back up again whatever has knocked you down you can't get back up again that tomb is there to serve notice that there is a new hope in the risen Savior You can't get up. You can't get up. You can't get up. You can't get up. I speak to you right now in your fallen state right now. Your spirit is wounded. Your heart is destroyed. But you can't get up. You can't get up. And you will get up. In this morning, Today, this morning, maybe you have not given your life to Jesus. Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to be able to open your heart and say, Jesus, come on in. I can't make it without you. I would be destroyed. I would be, I would live in failure if it were not for you. With every eye closed, and if that's you this morning, you want to make a first-time decision to accept Jesus on this awesome Easter Sunday and say, Jesus, I say yes to you. I turn my back from my way of living and I look to you. With every eye closed, I want to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at if this is you. I see you. I'm believing in God right now. We're going to pray a prayer together because we want you to know that not only God is with you, but we want you to know that as a church family, we do life together. So I'd like everybody to pray after me. Lord, I admit 
I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what, before we leave this morning, I, I wanted the opportunity to pray for you. I want the opportunity to pray for you that in this place you, you may have been knocked down by circumstances and situations in life. Or you may know of somebody that you want to stand in the gap for this morning and believe God for his very best. I want the opportunity to pray for you because there is power in unity. There's power in coming together. There's power in joining together, in connecting together and believing God for the impossible. He is still a God that works miracles. He is still a God that works through impossibilities. And just because you haven't been able to do it doesn't mean that every door is closed. It doesn't mean that he cannot do it. So in this moment, Right now, I want to invite, if you, if you feel this is, this is you, you have a prayer request, I want to invite you to come to this altar. I want to invite you to come to this altar, and we're going to pray for you. We're going to have a moment of worship, and we're going to believe God right now that he is going to raise circumstances. He is going to raise situations. He is going to raise you from the struggle that you have been fighting for for months, for weeks, for years, whatever the circumstance may be. Our God knows no boundaries. He knows no limits and he knows no limitations. He can do everything but fail. He can do everything but fail and he can work through what you are going through. So right now, with every eye closed right now, I wanna invite you You in this place that say life has knocked me down. I didn't expect that for life to take the turn that it took, but it did. I'm hurt. My family is hurt. Maybe you know, like I mentioned, maybe you know of somebody right now. He is a God that is still rising. And he can rise in your circumstance. And he can rise in your situation. He can rise in your physical body. He can rise in your spirit. He can rise in your mind right now. There is no limitation. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by the power that is in the name of Jesus and the authority that is in your word right now, God, we come against situations, circumstances, challenges. We come against heartbreak. We come against depression. We come against oppression. We come against pain in our bodies and in our hearts and in our minds. We come against right now sickness. We come against circumstances and situations that have caused us to be knocked down. God, we thank you for getting up because because you got up, I can get up today. God, right now I declare, I declare. 
I declare that we will stand on our feet. We will stand on our feet and we will believe your promises. We will believe, God, that what you have in store for us is good. We will believe, God, that there is nothing too difficult for you and that there is nothing impossible. Right now, God, I, I declare that you are working in every heart, in every mind, in every family, in every marriage, in every financial circumstance, in every career, in every household. Right now, in every spirit and in every mind, in Jesus' name, God, we declare the very best of heaven. We declare the hope of the empty tomb right now over every believer in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name.